0: let's do this how are you what the fuckers what the fuck buddies what the fuck nicks what's happening i'm mark Marin. this is my podcast welcome to it uh today i'm going to talk to uh, jeff stilson um jeff stilson was a guy he was almost a mythic character a great comic a very well-respected comic back when i was coming up but he was always you know he had gone to australia I just remember he's one of the first guys to just jump ship country-wise. It wasn't because of, uh, for political reasons, it was a relationship, but as I found out, but it was just sort of like great comic, you know, was on Letterman. uh, And then he, you know, he went to Australia and it was like, what? And I just remember him hearing his name again. He came up when I was talking to Kathy Ladman uh, and he's been a writer on Letterman, Chris Rock, The Daily Show, George Lopez, lots more uh, writing gigs, lots more shows. And he's kind of this mythic, Stand up and writer, but he's not. He's real and I'm going to talk to him, but he was a great stand up. I don't, I think that gets, uh, that might not, you, you know, he, he's made a life as a writer, but he was always a very funny, very, you know, uh, sardonic kind of stand up. I always liked him and, and I was reminded of his existence by a couple of people who had been on the show and I, I reached out to him and, and now we're going to have the conversation. Are you OK? I, I, I know New York is it's uh, the East Coast having a little uh, little haze, huh? Having been out here on the West Coast for many years where we've had the uh, particle ridden orange haze of unbreathable air. I got to say, suck it up. What choice do you have? Suck it up. Get used to it. Make those lungs adapt. Stay inside if you have to go out there with a mask, whatever you got to do. But this is it, man. This is the way it is. That's one of the horrible realizations. And certainly I've covered this in uh, comedy specials. It's apocalyptic looking. I know it is. And I think ultimately, if I lose my glib demeanor here, uh, it's, it's horrifying. And it's horrifying in such a deep way that You almost can't process it. I mean, you could have your moment where you're outside and you're like, holy fuck, Uh, this is terrible. This is terrible. But there's really nowhere to go with that. This is where we've arrived. This is what we've arrived at. And sadly, no matter where the fires are, there's always at this time of year, a good chunk of North America burning, burning thousands of acres, burning. I mean, I have to assume that it's going to happen in California, but we did get a lot of rain and also a lot of California burned in the last couple of years. And there's nothing you can do but get used to it. The time for action may have passed. So now it's just uh, adapt or die, man. And it's kind of grim. I understand it. And you may think of it on some level, depending on What degree of denial or understanding you have of climate that, you know, this is the way of the forest, the way of the world stuff burns off. It regrows. It happens. You can look for historical precedents that, hey, there were the great fires of uh, of uh, 200 B.C., according to rock sediment or whatever kind of information you want to gather in order to uh, somehow put it into perspective or find some some other time. Where half the world was on fire, knock yourself out if it makes you feel better. But bottom line is, all you can do is fucking deal with it. And it's horrifying. So I I, I feel bad for you. My heart is with you. Uh, we did, we we had it here, and it's one of the scariest things I've ever had to live through, really, this ongoing drought and constant fires that were literally miles away from my home, uh, not knowing, you know how fast or how much they would spread the idea that hey but you know we I live in a in, in a sort of town there's not a lot of trees around but when fire rips through it rips through man it just goes it blows through leaving nothing but ash I'm sorry I'm sorry east coast uh you know we we've we've processed it and look if you've got some ideas if if you've uh, if there's some action to be taken if you think we can gather enough people together, like maybe it would probably take at least half the planet worth of people to shake their fists at the sky and 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 say that they're not going to take it anymore. It's going to take a lot. So again, back to square one. Suck it up. This is it. This is how we live now. Um, I will be at Largo in Los Angeles tonight, but I believe that show is sold out. Uh, This Saturday, I'm at Dynasty Typewriter, and I'll be back there on Saturday, June 24th. The June 24th show is available. Uh, Then I'm at Largo on Sunday, July 1st, for a music show. So that's happening. So what do you do, people? What do you do when there's, it seems like, uh, as, as the late Pat Cooper would say, it's over! It's over! Pat Cooper passed away. He was no youngster, but he was one of the greats. He was one of the great comics uh, and a great personality. And I've talked about him on this show before. It's over, David. He used to say, it's over. But he was, uh, you know, he, I've, I've mentioned him. I've referenced him many times before because I was, uh, I think I was on a show with him or just after him. It was a Danny, uh, Danny LaBelle show. Um, back in New York, you know, out of uh, Borough College, I think it was, a comedy uh, radio show, pre-podcast, I believe. And uh, he was explaining something amazing that never left me. It was one of those bits of information, bits of wisdom, bits of insight that I found to be tremendous in that he was, yeah, I think Danny might've called him a, a star. He said, you're a star and, and, uh, and Pat said, "I'm not a star. Frank Sinatra is a star. I'm a name. I'm a name. Frank is a star. I'm a name. So beautifully put. So precisely correct. There are names and there are stars. And uh, and I, you know, I think I'm a name. I'll take it. It's better than being nobody. I'll be a name. R.I.P. Pat Cooper. God damn it, he was funny. I've even got some of his old records." What else can I tell you? The vegan thing is going fine. It's going fine. I'm going to, you know, I usually bring a brisket to this party, to this person's house I'm going to on Sunday. But I'm going to make a vegan chili, vegetarian chili from the Angelica cookbook. And I'm looking forward to it because it's challenging. It's new. uh, It doesn't look like a recipe I'd make. There are some, you know, dubious ingredients that I'm curious about. But, you know, fuck it. I'm going to make some cornbread, some vegan Southern style cornbread. I have the recipes. It's fine, man. It's fine. And don't email me about how there are people with, you know, LDL cholesterol of a thousand, but because of their genetic predisposition to something that has to do with triglycerides and HDL, there's no indication that, that that high in LDL has any effect on their heart and they have no plaque in their heart. That's an email I got based on a hundred people or something. People pushing back on the limited, on the seemingly to them limited understanding of LDL cholesterol and heart disease. Well, here's the deal: I have plaque. I have I have some plaque. I got some gunk in my pipes, so I'm just going to go ahead and keep trying to keep my LDL down. I appreciate all the research and all the homework, and that there are people that never get high cholesterol and that they have no plaque in their heart that guy is not me, but fine. Send the information if you want, do what you want. Then another guy says you should have your LDL at around 50. i like, who like, it's not speculative. Can I just listen to the cardiologist? Is that okay? It, can, can I just because there are these small numbers of people that you know, are getting away with it because of their hereditary dispositions. It, I, it doesn't mean everybody and you just got to, you know, Take whatever course of action you need to for yourself, I guess. So, Jeff Stilson, not here to plug anything, only here because I felt like I had, uh, I've, I'd overlooked him or or I'd forgotten to to get him, and, and I've known him forever or of him, met a few times along the way. So he's got nothing to plug. Uh, You can watch some of the shows that he's written for, like the Last OG and the Ali G Show, and the Chris Rock documentary Good Hair. He's and this is some like inside uh, baseball writing stuff, but it's also writing for these type of shows and and also just you know comic life, a comic life. Uh, This is me talking to Jeff Stilson. How's my level? Great. I got, I got all the levels here. Just correct me if I get too loud. I get excited talking about shit. I don't... That's, don't worry about it. It's good. Right. Most people can't fucking talk at all on mics. They talk Uh-oh. so low well, I don't even know how to, I don't even get a signal. Oh, I get excited, and I start yelling, and I don't know I'm yelling. That's all right. I, I'm like that, too, until someone's crying. That's when you know... <laughs> when, when, when someone <laughs> cries. Screaring some of that lately. <laughs> a, that's but. So, you know what? It was so weird, because I talked to two people... That brought you up, and I, th- I was like, I don't. Know, did we? Did I talk? To- I've done 14, 1,500 of these. So I'm like, did I talked to you Stilson. Really? Yeah, so I, I, I talked to Stilson, mm. and it's like, no. And I'm like, how is that possible? The wow. mythic. It's very Jeff- possible. <laughs> the mythic Jeff Stilson. <laughs> no, that's very. I don't Dude, know about I- mythic. <laughs> No, I mean I have talked to, to lesser uh, beings I hope so in, in comedy yeah. and I just don't know how that oversight happened because Yeah, you,
1: you're interviewing Obama for God's sake. I know sake. but I also there's, interview
0: Rich Voss. You yeah, know, it's not you know, there's not well and I literally interviewed. <laughs> That's him. the only time
1: Rich Voss and Obama will ever be mentioned in the same. No, story. he
0: was like the next uh, episode. Voss is hilarious. He by was the way. next episode.
1: F- Dude. Rich Voss is one of the funniest, yeah. just purely funny people I've been <laughs> yeah. around.
0: Yes, yeah, he's very funny.
1: He is. He, uh, uh, I worked with him on uh, uh, when Rock was hosting the Academy Awards. Yeah. Rock always hires. Just comedians. Right. Not just not all comedians, right. but he, he loves comedians in the sure. room. So Voss yeah. wrote on the Academy Awards. Yeah. And god damn it, it was it was fun having him in the room. Sure. And just just to have him there, yeah. it felt like Comedians, not a stuffy, you know, no,
0: award but, show. Well, that's the way Rock is. Like, you know, Rock is a guy who always—he'll uh, always take a punchline if you offer him one, and he oh likes it. Oh, my
1: God. He's a joke—he <laughs> mach- loves jokes. Yeah. And, and, and you know, we're—we write jokes, and we perform jokes, and so when you get to work with someone like that, uh, you're grateful.
0: One of the biggest regrets of my life—but I, but I have to frame it as not a regret—was I gave him a, an idea once— and it was a great idea, and it became a huge bit of his. And I guess I'm happy that it got out there, but I don't get any credit for it. You know, it, it was, was— funny how that happens, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I imagine <laughs> yeah. as a writer, you got to live with that.
1: Oh, my God. I'm telling you, and I'm not—working yeah. with Rock was the best experience of my life because, he first of all, he's a good guy. Second, yeah. he, he's hilarious. Yeah. Third, he's brave. It's everything you want if you have to work for someone else. Yeah. And but easy to be around. Right. Uh, but I've worked for other people where your idea morphs into their idea. And there's at first it's, oh, we thought of it together. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're cut out completely.
2: Yeah.
0: And it's their idea. But and you, in, in you've that- got paper. But I know, but isn't that the nature of it? I mean, if you're yeah. like if you're like doing a working, like for me, you know, I wasn't even sober yet, and it was a catch a rising star, not not the old one, but the middle one, the the one down uh, by FIT, and you know, he's working on this bit uh, about you know about how come they can't find a cure for AIDS, or, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And then I told him at the bar, I said, "There's no money in a cure," you know. So so like that kind of triggered that whole plant yeah. obsolescence bit. But I mean, I definitely. And he would, I don't even know if he'd remember it, but I remember it. Became, oh, it you became, remember
1: everything you ever thought of and wrote. I mean, it, that's what we It became we do. a big
0: bit, yeah. you know, and it's like, it was it was okay. I'm glad I helped him out, but I—but there was part of me that's like, well, oh. you know, <laughs> well, but I wouldn't have gotten it out there in the world, and it was an important bit. You quickly learn yeah. never if you're still doing comedy yourself, yeah. not to share your
1: really good ideas.
0: A couple of guys have given <laughs> me tags. Yeah. Guys have come up to me and, and tagged a couple bits, and I've used them. But you know, it's not like at the end of a joke you're you're going to say like, uh, "Thanks, Tom Rhodes." You know, uh, or <laughs> no, <laughs> you're, you're not. Be... No,
1: it's it's just that uh, you kind of you just even no, you don't expect anything on stage or on the show yeah. or whatever. You just want to you want to hear that. Oh, good job on that bit. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm really grateful instead of, man, that bit I wrote was <laughs> spectacular. But but it happens. And I mean, that's why I think it takes a certain force yeah. to to become the front man of a show. Yeah. So it, it takes, you really have to be driven and you have to be incredibly
0: courageous. I but also just to like, this is the why I, I think you're mythic. Because, I mean, when when did you start? Like, you're a little older than me in the business. Like, you were doing comedy, I think, by the time I started doing comedy. When did you start? I started
1: in 84, was my first open mic.
0: Oh, okay. So, when was your first paid gig?
1: My, I, I, I hit at the right time as far as going on stage. I was full-time within nine months of my first open mic.
0: 84. So, I was full-time in 88. So, it's not that so, big of no, a no, difference. No. But you were already established by the time I started doing... Barely. Hardly. I think I yeah. did my first Letterman in '89. I started in like '86, but I did Evening at the Improv in '89. But I didn't. Wow, get you got,
1: you got going fast.
0: Well, yeah, but but they had nothing but shows to fill. I it know. wasn't. It wasn't like you know. It wasn't some great. It wasn't because I was amazing. It was because they were churning out Evening at the Improv's in Carol and Carol's Comedy Hour. Are
1: you vested in AFTRA? Uh What does that mean? To qualify, you have to have a certain number of qualifying years to yeah. get a pension.
0: Oh yeah, I think I am. Yeah,
1: I got. I get a tiny pension, enough to pay for my meds at some point from after just because of those shows. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, That's for, I think it's five years you have to make a certain amount of money. But in the WGA,
0: you got to be all set. Oh, I'm good
1: on that. I have like 108 qualifying quarters. so So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I, yeah, no, the WGA has been great, but. You know th- there were so many of those shows that you could sure <laughs> you yeah. could get mtv half hour and oh my god amazing. yeah we they did
0: en- all the same one comedy on the road yep uh yeah it was just it, it, they were just never ending they were they were never ending, ending. And by 89 i had done i think i'd done two evening at the improvs and two caroline's comedy hours with less than four years into it
1: and then they did they they did improv tonight yeah. on top of evening at
0: the improv. I kind of remember <laughs> like that. Like it's, you just find a new word to put. In the, of, remember you, the Comedy Central ones, the A list. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. You did that I too. Did the,
1: oh shit, yeah. yeah. I did anything. I did. I did that Fox. What was it called? The Comic Strip. Oh, was the, it on yeah. Fox? It was a. It was a right. on a on a broadcast network. I think I did that what ten was times. That? Yeah, and, and, and the only reason I did it was well, of course, the money that paid better than yeah. the cable ones. But they give you a present.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. give you a gift. Like well, you a, judge it now, like see. the swag you get. Like, Fallon, I just did Fallon last week or two weeks ago. And I'm like, oh. and I actually, I didn't have the room my I- my luggage to bring back this, the hoodie and the, the water thermos and oh. the bag. Uh, yeah. But I had them send it. I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to wear it, but it's so nice. It's so nice. The presents are so nice. Oh, it's great. I mean, I think that's
1: in our blood. You well, know, free shit? Free shit when you're, because as a, you were a road comic, right? Yeah. 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 I did the road. Eight years in a row more than three hundred days. Right. Uh-huh. So if you go anywhere and you're treated kind of nicely instead yeah. of having to stay in a yeah. condo yeah. or whatever and there's... Oh,
0: when you would do a club where they're like, You can get anything you want off the menu and it was good food, you're like, Really? Yeah. Like anything? Can I b- yeah, can I bring some shit home? Back, back to the hotel, yeah. and and the bad clubs <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't let you eat wouldn't there you or eat. make you
1: pay. Yeah. They go, oh, you get half price, right? Yeah, fuck you. Yeah,
0: exactly. And- I did, I started weird because I did the one nighter scene. Like I came up, my first year or two in comedy was doing you know one nighters in New England. You know, a two-man shows. Yeah. So, like, I started having to do a half hour. There was no evolution. Jesus. From, right? Well, it was just that was the way that I started. And then I went out as a middle. But I never got—I never dug into the road somehow or another. I, I went from from Boston to sort of headliner over time. Man, you know, pretty I, quick.
1: I went out—I just decided at a certain point I, I'm not equipped for any other job. I right. Mean, so, when I started in 84, I was committed to it because— I tried some other jobs. I hated them. And this is what I always wanted to do. And it's still the only thing I could ever see myself and doing. And you're a great stand-up. Well, I wouldn't say great. No, I, dude. I, I, I kind of wish I would have. I went into writing when I got. I had two goals going into stand-up. I don't know what yours were. Mine, <laughs> I wanted to be on The Tonight Show yeah. or Letterman. Right. And I wanted to write on Letterman. So I I, I That got, was a goal. Those were my
0: only two goals. But you knew that. See, that's what I was gonna say, is that like when you were talking about guys do front shows or guys who have the wherewithal to 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 really throw their hat into the ring and just commit to comedy only to see if they can be one of the ten guys that can actually make a living at that. Is that what my the, the point I'm making is that when I was coming up or when I was by the time I'd worked a little bit and I was in Boston, you were writing at Letterman and and it was like it was one of these moments where I'm like Oh, that's that's another way to go with this. Yeah, like you that like because in retrospect, a lot of the smart guys that I started with all went into writing, and I was the only idiot. I never wanted to write for anybody. So, well, I was, but you're smart in the long run. Look, look what you're doing now, dude. It could have so went bad. No, by the time not, uh, by the time I started no. this, dude, I had nothing. I couldn't sell tickets. I wasn't working the road much because in and, and this kind of. Happened? It, I, it's some cosmic timing, but no, 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 it's not cosmic.
1: It, it, all of it's cosmic, by the way. But yeah. but you innovated. You had the balls to try this, and that's what it takes. You have to have. There's that. Look, at all of us are courageous when we go on stage and try to make strangers laugh. Courageous or desperate, whatever yeah. you want to call it. It takes a certain amount of courage to do that. But then there's that that other level. Yeah. And, th- and, th- and that's when you innovate and, you know, rock, <laughs> rock was this way. Yeah. He, he just, he had balls yeah. and I, I, I ultimately didn't. And I, I can, I could tell you a story about what happened to me at Letterman. I was, I was two writers, great writers, yeah. you know, Spike and Donna Carey. They're staff writers. I remember,
0: I knew Spike kind of.
1: Yes. And Spike, they went to Dave and said, we want, Jeff to host the twelve thirty show after you. This was when Dave went to CBS. Yeah, and they needed, and he had the.
2: the he oh, owned that's the, what
1: what became Ferguson. No, Tom. It became Ferguson, but yeah. Tom Snyder was the first one. Then Kilborn, then Ferguson. Wow. So they. But pitched, they wanted you. They pitched me. These two writers, great yeah. writers. Yeah. If,
0: if, Spike was a Seinfeld writer.
1: He wrote. Yeah,
0: he yeah. wrote the the um,
1: soup Nazi episode. Yeah. And then Donick wrote on The Simpsons and yeah. some other really funny guys. I mean, yeah. the, the writers on that show were just an, on a, another level. So they pitched me and Dave rejects me. Yeah. And and Dave was my idol. Dave is white. So when Dave rejected me, I accepted that as the truth. Right. Who knows better than <laughs> Dave Letterman that I'm not equipped to front a show. <laughs> yeah. and. And that was it. I gave up. I I don't know if I wanted to front a show or not, but I gave up on me ever pursuing an on, not an on camera. I I was on camera on Michael Moore's show as a correspondent. TV, was TV
0: nation? Was that what it was? TV nation. Yeah. yeah.
1: But I didn't have the balls to go out and pursue anything after that because Dave said, I'm, (laughs) I I, I shouldn't. And, (laughs) and Dave is cool by the way. And I trusted him. He's my idol. But if you want that gig, you're not going to let a person tell you yeah. No. He could have been having a bad day. Yeah, he was right. <laughs> he, was right. <laughs> he was right. He was right. He was right. I mean, it, the, what he went through? Yeah. I, I've never seen those people what they go through when they're in that grind. Have you talked to him recently? I got the last time I saw him was a couple years ago. We did this thing for the Mark Twain prize and he was great. Nice Letterman's. guy. He's look. It, it was hard working there. I've never worked like
0: that. I'll tell you. I was. Uh, it's very funny though when you're programmed, or when you love Dave, right? Because yeah. I love Dave. Was too. he your idol? Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, he was the guy. I wanted to be on the t- I wanted to be on his show. Yeah. I me mean, too. I didn't. I didn't think I could do what he did, or I. I. You know, he wasn't my comedy idol, but he was my guy. You know, I watched his show, and I wanted to do comedy on his show. I wanted to do panel. Me I, I mean, I used to see. Uh, you know, Richard Lewis you know, do his thing and, you know, Jay would do the thing. I, I really saw myself as a good panel act, you know. Um, but nonetheless, I, I ended up, you know, doing panel, but it was, I was well into, you know, it was towards the end of, of, of him. I, I'm trying to think when the first Wetterman. I did four, you know, over a series of, of six or seven years, but nonetheless. Did you start, did you do the NBC show or the CBS show? Or both? No, no, I never did the NBC so, show. Uh, I just couldn't... I I, I couldn't get on. I did a lot of you just started. I mean... I guess so. Yeah. But here's the point. Uh, But, you know, because I've I've interviewed Lennarman. He's been to this house. Like, he he was in the house up here. Like, I had... Before I got... While they were still working on this... On the the construction, I was doing it in in the second bedroom. It was just so funny to see Dave walking up my sidewalk. I'm like, this isn't fucking happening, you know? So... Oh, God. But it was great. It was a great interview. But... Year, like not a couple of years later, recently, within the last year, he came to the Improv or not the Improv, the Comedy Store. I never go to the Improv for some reason with other people to see me, and I don't even know how they knew I was on the show. It was oh. not even, it was like the produ- a produced, It was a comic show, but it was it was one of these situations where I'm waiting to go on, and and the manager says comes backstage, he goes, you know, Dave Letterman's here, and and I'm like, what? He's like, he's here, and then my only thought in that moment was, am I in trouble? God, that's so great. But, but here's what I was going to say. Afterwards, I'm just talking to him on the on the porch, just having regular conversation. He was very complimentary in my work. But we're just kind of talking, and I got a laugh out of him, and it's that Letterman laugh, right? So this is just casual conversation, but still that laugh is like, it was like the most important thing in the world it in is. that moment. It,
1: it, it, I, when I got to hang out with him, what, yeah. two years ago or whatever for this thing, um, and we shot a little piece for the Mark Twain Prize, that's what you do. You're still trying to make him laugh. Oh, my God. Like like you're on panel on the show. It's the best. It's, he's, he's, uh, I, I still, do you ever go down the rabbit holes or you watch either Carson or the, or, Sometimes. or, or I watched yesterday. I don't know what the hell it was. I ended up watching uh, Jamie Lee Curtis on yeah. Letterman, Sally Field on Letterman, yeah. Mr. T yeah. on Letterman. Yeah. And he had a reputation for not being a great interviewer. Right. I beg to differ. He's really good at it mm. and and uh... I mean, I just, I'm fascinated because I do think that was the golden era of late night when you had Carson on at 1130 yeah. doing the traditional show, Dave at 1230 kind yeah. of deconstructing the, sure. the, the, the traditional show. Yeah. And then Arsenio yeah. um, on, on, Fox? on whatever was it, was. it? What uh, was, it? Uh, I was. was it? Syndica- I think it was syndication because I think he huh. owns it, but I think it probably aired on Fox, but you had three very different shows and they were all, they were all innovative yeah and um you know i i i loved it i mean that's what i live for where'd you grow up spokane washington
0: really yeah i there's a club up there now is there really well yeah yeah, you know I, i i liked it i like spokane that's where white's boots is you can get whites. Uh, the whites boots are made in Spokane. Oh, I uh, didn't know that. Yeah, it, it, no one knows about them, but I, I love them because I. I, I I'm, I'm looking for some new boots. I'm going to go to oh, my look hometown. Yeah, they, you can do. They, you got to go get. You can get measured up there. Do you go to Spokane ever? I do. I,
1: I, I have a cabin. Yeah, you know, like an hour and a half from Spokane in the woods that I bought from my dad. It's my favorite place to be in the world. Oh, so I and I have all my friends from Spokane. So oh, really? I went to college in Seattle, the University of Washington, and then,
0: uh, you know, I've lived in big cities since. But Spokane's great. Like I, I went up Spokane. there. They got a, a legit club there, uh, and it's a pretty good room. Uh, but, like, you, you can tell the town is, like, beat up, and, you, yeah. and it's trying to sort of come back. But I thought it was pretty charming, and I had a, be- a, a, a good time up there. And Seattle I worked in a lot. But so you were a Pacific Northwest guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, I started in Seattle. Really, at the Comedy Underground? Comedy Underground with Drake Sather. We started at the exact same time, a really funny uh, No one
0: comedy. ever talks about him, man. Nobody does because
1: the way he went out, you know?
0: Yeah, but also, like, you know, there wasn't enough stand-up around. Like, you know, he was a great writer and stuff, but they, it's a great writer. But the stand-up's so limited, it's hard to find Drake Sather stand-up. Yeah, it, it's, uh, he was... he's He like was a predecessor to Jezelnik. No, P- P- yeah. Jezelnik reminds me of Sather.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Right? Um, yeah, just stand there with solid jokes and not. Dark shit, though. Really dark shit. Drake yeah. was uh, Drake was dark, and but such a great guy to come up with and uh you know we led parallel lives
0: for a long time. So when did you like start hammering like doing the open mics and shit? I started in 84 at and, at Seattle Underground. Uh, Seattle Underground the
1: first the first one I did was at a place called Blocks on Queen Anne and then I then then the Underground was the next gig I did and then I had this little thing worked out where I do I do Uh, blocks on a thursday night and i do all new material this is how stupid yeah i was i do all new material every time i went up 10 minutes of new material at blocks and then i do the best of when i went to the underground because there was more pressure that's where you wanted to get
0: booked what was the name of uh, the building it was in the bar uh swanee swanee's right pioneer square have you do you know the story behind
1: swanee have no. you ever seen The Battered Bastards of Baseball? No. It's this great documentary. Kurt Russell's dad bought a team Oh, in yes, Portland. I knew about them. Swanee was the catcher okay. on that team. Yeah. And, and we all knew he played baseball, but I only saw that documentary a few months ago. And he's in it, and he's a left-handed catcher, which I guess is unusual. Yeah. I'm a baseball fan, but I didn't know that that, that was a big deal. And, um, you know, he would hang out. He's a great guy, and he put comedy underneath his bar, and it was a great room. That
0: room the original was, room. It was, was, uh, no, it was there. I'd done it. It was dank and weird. Yeah. And it was a basement, so it had low ceilings. Yep. And it was almost moldy in there. Yep. Yeah. Well, Seattle's
1: a great town. Uh, I love Spokane. I'll, I'll probably move back there at some point. You think and, so? Yeah. I just do, because now you can kind of work... You can work Zoom if you're
0: going to write. But did it bounce back? I mean, do you feel like it's like because there was definitely uh, it felt like a a kind of methy contingent, and it was still pretty beat uh, up. But yeah, I could see the framework of the city was charming, and like I when I was there, I thought like you know I could kind of live here. But then like you know a couple hours away, there's nothing but Nazis. But I mean,
1: well the the Nazis have (laughs) kind of been run out. Uh Believe it or not, they that was Hayden Lake, and they had this compound there, and. uh... Uh, they got sued mm. and they lost their compound. Oh. So now they've gone either. For they, I don't know <laughs> if they found some other state, but they've gone. They've gone way off the yeah, grid. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that that's kind of that stuff's. You can't say it's gone, but it's not. It does, certainly doesn't have. Well, the, no. Now the, it's a,
0: now it's your neighbor, and they don't talk yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a it's, little lighter than the full it, Nazi.
1: It's it's um, it's. Spokane is. I, I like Spokane, and I, you know, the truth is, I want to get some acreage. I want, I want a place where. What are you <laughs> it's waiting Pathetic. For? This is a pathetic uh, fantasy, but, uh, you know, for for my dogs to run free, sure, and they do that, and I have the, uh, you know, cabin in, in the woods.
0: So then, where do you move first? After when you start doing comedy,
1: Uh, went to. Okay, so I started in Seattle. Yeah. Always wanted to live in New York my whole yeah, life. Sure. All my favorite sports teams were from New York for some reason. Yeah. And so my goal was, so within a couple years, I had moved to New York. Yeah, And that's probably where we met because I think I moved to New York in 87 after spending two years on the road.
0: I was like, but yeah, I wasn't quite going down there yet. I mean, in 89... That's really where I started, you know, unless you came up to Boston to work, which you probably did. did.
1: I worked uh, Stitches a lot, and uh, I think I did the Comedy Connection. Yep. And, uh, yeah, those two clubs.
0: Uh, Yeah, so I probably, I might have met you up there. But wait, in Seattle, other than Drake, were there guys you came up with that that made the cut?
1: um, Out of our class? I don't think so. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it was, you know— And not because they weren't funny, it's just that you had this scene at that point, uh, Vancouver Island, really rough gigs. So the comics would kind of you know, build an act that would
0: work in those rooms. It's so funny though, when you say Vancouver Island, the reason a gig like that is tough is because it's a transient population of vacationers or well, just local that's Vic- island that's people.
1: That's Victoria. But then you also had like the fishing communities up in Nanaimo yeah, yeah. and stuff. And it was it was like a, a microphone. One-nighters. One-nighters. Yeah. A microphone on a... Yeah, Disco that's what floor. that's
0: what I did. Yeah. In New England. Yeah. Yeah. We'd go all the way up into Maine. Yeah, it was that was that's how my, the first years of my fucking career started. Yeah, and it's did rough. You, you walk mean, in and you're like, Where where am I doing it?
1: Yeah. And and then they <laughs> there was one uh it was called the Tally Ho. Uh it was actually in Victoria, so you thought it would be halfway decent, but it was at noon on a Sunday, right? And they'd turn off the hockey game. Right. Oh, yeah. And they go, oh, it's time for comedy. Yeah, and I know. And, and it's like, and they go, oh, boo. But, yeah. it, but it went on for like 15 years. Yeah, they it's never like, stopped. What? why yeah. do you seem to hate this? It's like
0: there was one in Lowell called Derby Park. The Derby Park in Lowell, Massachusetts, which was one of my first gigs. It was a similar thing and just an awkward situation. It went on forever. All right, so you go to New York, and where are you working?
1: Uh, my home club was Catch a Rising Star, but I, but my second club that I loved was The Strip. Well, those strip, were the two, yeah. And then The Cellar.
0: but the sour wasn't what it was now then
1: no and then i and i also did um uh god this is pathetic uh stand up new york sure
0: yeah so those were carrie huffman
1: carrie huffman oh my god what a character! Yeah. He's a Sinatra. Uh, I know he's a, Sin- a Sinatra yeah, impersonator. impersonator. Yeah, he's unbelievable. Yeah. He was such a character. Yeah. I loved Carrie,
0: and I loved that room. And then yeah. it got really bad. I never loved that room. The ceilings were too high. It was weirdly, you know. The, the, no, you know, it was a weird room, but the
1: but the audiences were good. Yeah, somehow he put stuff. it on
0: the map, you know. But he was sort of a cunt.
1: <laughs> he a lot of people hated Carrie. Hate I have a lot of uh, but but just were annoyed by him. I just found him so odd. And interesting. He came up to me once and
0: said, "You know, uh, uh, comedy is really not about what you're doing anymore." I'm like,
1: "What? <laughs> Isn't that great when you got yeah, odd advice owner. from Fucking from uh, <laughs> club managers?" Yeah. Ultimately, and, yeah. just yeah. by
0: by by, by <laughs> virtue of me surviving in the business, yeah. a lot of these guys that were not nice to me have come around. You know, I, and I guess that's just what happens.
1: It, it beats you. It beats you up, and you kind of. I mean, look at it, it. It really is like. Uh, the TV show Survivor. I mean, it beats you up and you realize you're a dick at times in your life and uh, I think I'm, I was I, a total dick oh, I think for I, years. I was I was very opinionated about my shit and it was like and I was wrong a lot of
0: the time. Like what how what was your Oh, I
1: just had these notions about comedy and and I didn't I didn't I I thought you stripped comedy down yeah. to the to your bare self, right? Yeah. So I never added any performance Right to my yeah. show, and so it's like really a guy you, you want to. But that a guy? You, it was all on the jokes. It was all on the jokes, but you can you know people. This is what rock. Let me just tell you a quick yeah. rock story, just because it was so impressive to me. So uh, working on the show, the Chris Rock show, and he told me about after he got fired from SNL. Yeah. He decided, well, no one's going to ever hire me again. So I better be a good stand-up comedian. So he started studying preachers and stand-up comics. And he decided Uh he had had to add performance to his show. And so he reinvented himself. If you remember when we, early on, Chris would just stand there like us. He still does it. You don't stand there though, do no, you? I don't you move stand around? There. I
0: move around like but but Chris when he's working out jokes yes, does that. Does that. Yeah. That's
1: his that's his default position. Yeah. But then when he figured out I gotta you know, I gotta perform here. Yeah. And so he most comics How they started is how they end, right? If you started this way, you end that way, and you wait for the world to change, and all of a sudden, discover you. Yeah, Rock said, "No, I only reached this level of success." So he completely, when he did bring the pain, he's pacing across the stage. He's like a panther, and it's like, you know, that's that's amazing to me. But yeah, but it
0: was like a conscious decision because you know, well, I've always known that about him because when you talk to Chris. You know, he can barely maintain eye contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's looking down. He's soft-spoken. And then when he gets up there, that's like the other thing. That's, you know, this is the construction of Chris Rock, of who he is on stage. And he it's he's not—it's not—you know, you watch Eddie Murphy. Sure.
1: He's just—it's just part of who he is, that movement, all that shit.
0: Yeah. Chris—I have more respect for Chris because— he had to work at it. Right. He had to come up with a persona. Yeah, Murphy's just one of those guys where it's like, no matter, he's just going to be funny no matter what. Isn't that crazy? It, there's only a few of them, you know, but- they, I know. But it's kind of great to watch.
1: I watched him on Letterman 2 yesterday. And it's just like, man, that's crazy. They, it was his first appearance on There's just,
0: just people that, you know, are effortlessly hilarious without seemingly not trying, you know? Will Ferrell's like that, you oh, know. Will where, Ferrell's
1: unbelievable. Where he just like and he
0: throws a switch and it's fucking over. You Tracy know? Morgan can be, of course. Like that. Yeah. I mean, it's,
1: he does this weird. He yeah, he's a savant. He does this weird thing, especially on talk shows, where yeah. you know, he's just.
0: You, you also know, don't know what he's gonna do. No, <laughs> he's just like. No. Is he okay? There's always sort of like, where's this going? What's gonna, he's a, there's something menacing about his uh, 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 kind of. Uh, you just don't know what the fuck that guy's going to say or do.
1: No, and you d- and he. You know what's weird about? It? I've worked for him. You know, it's not working together anymore. But I worked with him for ten years. On um, what? On his TV show, on his stand-up, everything he did. I, I, you know, I would. Work you were his on with guy. Him. One of his guys, but I, I think at a, at a certain point, I was his guy. What did he
0: want out of you? Jokes.
1: Jokes and just you know he knew i thought about shit more than he was yeah. going to so you know i mean <laughs> yeah. tracy just wants to be funny yeah he sent me uh like a, on his phone once he just a little video of yeah. him taking a pie yeah and putting it in his face yeah going, i just like to be funny yeah you know and it's like that's he you wouldn't believe who his influences are yeah. i mean he goes back to the 50s he he loves Jackie Gleason, yeah, right? Sure. Well, that makes sense if you watch him. Yeah. But he he kind of absorbed this stuff, not in a you know a a, 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 a you know a, the way we would,
2: right? Right? Yeah.
1: Where I would I would study comedy. Yeah. And Tracy just absorbs it, uh-huh. and he's just, I mean, that's he's just funny.
0: No, yeah, he's an oddball, and he's a little crazy, and, and not a little crazy. <laughs>
1: Yeah. You gotta so, understand he got sober like twenty years ago.
0: I know. I remember yeah. he's
1: so crazy he yeah. <laughs> he doesn't appear to be sober.
0: Oh when he wasn't yeah. sober, I remember him when he wasn't sober and it was way out there, dude.
1: And really funny. Yeah. <laughs> One of the funniest
0: alcoholics I've ever seen. So all right, so you get to New York and you're just hammering stand up?
1: Yeah. Just I loved it because I'd do 20 sets in a week. I'd do five sets on a Friday, yeah. seven on a Saturday. I took Mondays off, but every other night I'd do three.
0: And you're not married then? No. I mean, you're just doing the I'm thing. I'm just
1: doing, I'm just doing and, and loving t- it.
0: And so when do the first breaks come? You, you still got it in your mind that you want to do Letterman? Yep. And maybe right on 89. Letterman. 89. Yeah.
1: I, I may, I think May... May 10th? Because
0: you did a Comedy Central half hour and all that shit, I did, right?
1: a, uh, I did a HBO half hour. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Those half hour comedy. They, the yeah. ba-
0: they barely did them. You were in that crew? Yeah. At the Fillmore? Did you shoot at the- Yes, at the Fillmore. I so I got a- Do
1: you have a poster? Yeah. You have a- Okay, I was going to say, I but have I extras if you don't. But I think we were in different weeks. It might have been. Because they my poster's
0: a clock, and it was me and Mancia and Judy Gold yeah, and Dana Gould- Yeah, I wasn't Janine in that Garofalo- one. Uh, Jonathan Katz. Oh, god, that's um, so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so you did those. That was like what 95, though. Yeah. When did you do them?
1: I think about 95. Right, that's yeah, because yeah, they, did
0: they didn't last long.
1: Yeah, they didn't last long, and they were fun. The film yeah. was unbelievable. It was great. right? great, yeah.
0: It was um, a real, it was a very exciting thing for me.
1: Yeah, I did Letterman for the first time in May of 89, I think the 10th.
0: God. So funny, I just remembered something where David Cross. Like he, I remember he told me this, that he was so drunk at my Fillmore taping for the half hour. Like he was up in the balcony and I was on stage. And, <laughs> oh, and no. at some point he decided like, I'm going to go up on stage and fuck with him. And this was a TV taping. Wow. And he was walking down to do that. And he somehow got hold of himself. <laughs> he
2: That's so great.
0: Drunk. Oh, what Yeah, what course, I think David was part of mine. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It was probably the week after.
1: Yeah. But it was, um, you know, uh, no, so New York was spectacular in that if you were, first of all, I had this notion in my head that that's where you want oh, yeah. to do stand up sure, and it then is, it's it coming was. true. And it was every, every night was a dream come true for me. It was, I, I couldn't believe that I'm on stage at Catch a Rising Star. All these great comics are, are still are, there, are, are there. Dangerfield used to come in. All fucked oh, up. The best, and it was uh, he was hilarious, and all these all these people. Seinfeld was, yeah. you know, just breaking in, and yeah.
0: um, was Larry around?
1: Yeah, Larry, but w- Larry would never make it through a set, yeah. without storming off. Yeah, and we would sit in the back, and you know, it was like an over on six yeah, minutes, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, um, Kevin Meaney, Do yeah. you remember Kevin?
0: Of Meaney? course, I was in Boston when he was coming up. I remember Kevin. God, I mean, he...
1: nobody could blow a room out. I mean, he he did this twenty minutes. And and it was yeah, it was spectacular. And you can't even explain to people what Meanie
0: was. He just had this. weird... It was almost like Ethel Merman.
1: It was. I mean, <laughs> it, it was. It was. It <laughs> yeah. was fantastic. Yeah. So, so I did that, and yeah. then you know they they had that weird audition process. Do you remember the, the catch? Letterman audition process, That's the where worst. The, uh, the producer would come in a I mean, million times, I mean, Morty who, uh, and
0: Barbara Morton. Yeah, I I just remember Catch. Like I couldn't get in there, I, and I I eventually was too proud to kiss Louis Ferranda's ass. So I, I I did I wasn't part of that thing. Well, I got every
1: every room kind of had its favorite comedians and you'd find the one that really liked you. I a Comic Strip Lucian wasn't a big fan of mine. No,
0: he said to me he said I already have enough angry white guys.
1: Yeah, they they put you in these categories. Yeah. See, now I was the opposite. I was the uh, laconic, uh, right. laid back. Right. We, you need some uh, with with Lucian, who yeah, ended up being Jeff. a good friend. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, but he he passed me, and then you know I I kind of worked my way up the ladder a little bit. But yeah. it was it was he didn't
0: you know I was working at the at the original improv. With silver, See, I never did that. Yeah, well, that was because it was this weird kind of ghost town of a place, right? And Silver Friedman was running things and it was sort of like a weird collection of guys over there. But that was the place. But she would let me work. And Barry Katz had that room downtown, the Boston, Boston Comedy, Comedy Club, Club, and he let me work. But like she didn't let me in the cellar until I I did an HBO uh, half hour until '95, uh, and then uh, Lewis, I never I never played the original catch. I just. I just didn't.
1: Well, they they all had their prejudices or but whatever Lucian it let was. Me in. Yeah,
0: yeah, put um, it there. And 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 Carrie let me work. Yeah,
1: Boston Comedy Club was a weird room. I thought it
0: was like barely a room. It was yeah, just run by really, you know like. It, you know, kids. It's such
1: an odd choice to name it, the Boston Comedy Club, when people in New York hate people. <laughs> well, Boston. the idea was all these
0: comics that, yeah. you know, Barry had come down from yeah. Boston. And you remember, there was all those regional guys that stayed up there, dude. Don Gavin, Steve yeah. Sweeney, Kenny Rogerson. You know, great fucking comics up there. Joe Yannetti, Lenny Clark. you know. I uh, ran into George Kenny. George McDonald. Uh,
1: and reconnected with him. I just love Kenny So Richardson. funny, dude. So funny and a great guy. And, um... Ran into him Where? last year in uh, God were playing we, golf. No, uh, I I I go I opened for Lewis Black on the road. Okay, so uh, you know Lewis has this incredible following. Yeah, you know he's been doing it for thirty five. Yeah. Greatest guy in the world, by the way. Nice and collection so, of older he, people.
0: Oh, uh, exactly. No, yeah.
1: it's I mean our audience yeah. is older. Yeah, and
0: uh, I bet you yours is younger because you have this. Well, I mean, it, what's interesting is like because I did this special on HBO. You know, like I've done two at Netflix. I've done here, there, there. But HBO, it's like it's people my age and older just have HBO still. It still means something yeah. somehow. It's kind of interesting. I'm just noticing. So, that.
1: how many specials have you done? How many hours have you done?
0: Uh, a lot. Uh, um, Thinky Pain, uh, More Later, Too Real, End Times Fun. Uh, I, I've, I think I've done f- five televised That's hours. That's amazing. And then another. You're five you're CDs. very prolific. 10 hours. Yeah. Hour
1: I would love to do an hour sometime, but I don't think I'll ever get the shot. No? No. I don't think, no, I got, you got to be, you have to have the guts to go out on your own to do that.
0: And what do you I mean, didn't do that. You headlined for years.
1: Yeah, but that was, that was years ago. I mean, once, one, I headlined until I took the writing gig at Letterman.
0: See, this is the thing about you writing is like, there was like, at some point it was like, yeah, you know, Stilson's writing for Letterman. And I'm like, oh, fuck, man, you can just do that. And then all of a sudden it's like, what happened to Stilson? I think he's in Australia. And I'm like, what? Yeah, that came later. But okay, so how do you get the job at Letterman? Audition
1: after audition after audition. Oh, you were talking about the process. Yeah. So So you're talking about getting the show. And then they decide, yeah. And then they decide if you're ready or not. and To
0: just do the show.
1: To do the show and you craft the set. And then I did, and I, you know, I did a few of those and then they offered me a writing job based on that. Okay. So when, when the show went to CBS. Yeah. And then, so I, I thought, well, that's the second part of my dream. Yeah. But I was an idiot. I had never written on a show before, and I just stepped into the fire. Yeah. It's, I've never, Dave starting up at 1130 yeah. on CBS, he wants to be the king of late night. Yeah. And we worked, you know, if you're a comic, I worked hard as a standup compared to most standups. Sure. I'd write three, four hours a day and yeah. do my show and try new jokes every night, but I would, oh, we would, we You're would like
0: actually sitting for three, four hours. I did. I, that was my around. favorite thing. I uh, loved the,
1: I never got tired of the road, by the uh, way. I love seeing the country. Yeah. I love t- traveling with my word processor, yeah. I think at that point. And I would write and I would drink a whole pot of coffee. Yeah write jokes and then crash take a nap yeah. and then get up and get ready for my show yeah
0: this is like uh, this is what I do now I, I lo- it's and a I great, talk to people I, I, yeah good for but you like, I, I would do it forever if I could I, I wish I would written more jokes for me like in the shower today like I had an idea you know, and see, my jokes always start with ideas. Yeah, but then you go bits. on
1: stage and work them out, right? That's right, yeah. See, I'd, I never developed that muscle, and I should have because you get bits that way as opposed to just
0: jokes. Jo- oh, yeah.
1: So, I never did that. I, I got in this thing with index cards, and I'd write the jokes. That's like I'd,
0: Carlin style.
1: Yeah, and I'd do index cards and, you know, learn the joke um, you know, and still oh, yeah. no, no better feeling in the world than a new joke that works.
0: Yeah, yeah, but like it's weird because when I do that, when in my experience of having actually having jokes that are kind of their own thing, like because they just happen occasionally, I don't write them. But I'm like, well, this is a joke, and it's like, ba doom, ba doom, ba doom, ba ding. It's like I do it a couple times. and I'm like, all right, you know, because it doesn't go. No, it, you gotta, it, you it, have to it, develop
2: it. Yeah,
0: you have to develop some kind Bits. of chunk. Oh, but if you dive. remember, yeah,
1: our our whole thing, or maybe it wasn't for you, but it was for me, was to get on The Tonight Show or Letterman sure. where you did jokes. Well, yeah.
0: Well, you had to figure out—well, I mean, I eventually realized that I had jokes within what I was doing, yeah. and I did those shows. that People don't even realize that challenge, or maybe they do, but, you know, to do five and a half minutes— Weird, right? So fucking weird. Yeah. And then, like, when you do Letterman, you got Eddie Brill, whoever was, uh, you know, the the comics producer— or the Booker saying like you got to change that one, yeah. and I'm like, what do you mean it works? It's like that language isn't right. It's like you're gonna kill me. It's like don't worry about it. The audience is hot as fuck. Just do it like I told you. Don't do it. And then you do it, and it worked. And you're like, all right, but still didn't feel as good. <laughs> I by the, I didn't have to deal with Eddie. Yeah. Um, by the time
1: Eddie was there, I didn't. I'd done enough that I would I would just go to Bill Sheft. Yeah. And say, Bill, what do you think? You you you. Because he was still opening. Well, Bill, no, he wasn't. But he was a writer on the show, and yeah. Bill was a stand-up, and Bill, yeah, Bill's just fucking great. And and I trusted, I trusted him completely. Recently in say, the news I, for I quoting uh, yeah. Belzer's last yeah. words. I
0: yeah. I don't even know if those were really Belzer's last words, but but Chef quoted is quoted everywhere saying his last words were "fuck you, motherfuckers." motherfuckers.
1: Yeah. No, I talked to Bill after that because we're still were really those good really friends. his last words? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's, I mean. Sheft is one of those, (laughs) Yeah, I I couldn't have survived that show, Letterman, without Sheft, because he was, I wasn't used to that, being in that environment. Uh, It was such pressure. We would write, we would write 60 jokes before lunch. Yeah. I mean, it was, you'd eat all three meals. Yeah. You'd eat. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner on the show. And how long Dave, were you there? I was there two years, from 93 to 95. And and it was a crash course in television, but I I couldn't, that's kind of when I became an insomniac. I couldn't sleep. My mind was racing all the time, coming up with material yeah. ideas and stuff because yeah. you just want to survive it. And plus, Dave was so funny, you yeah. didn't want to disappoint him. Yeah. And But he, you know, the truth is he didn't, he didn't give a lot back, so you're you're like the kid who has the dad who doesn't <laughs> love you. Yeah, you know. He was hey, daddy. I hit a
0: home run today. Eh. He was that for everybody. So, so, I think so, that was so what it was. made him popular. I know like he
1: was, and and. But the great thing about Letterman yeah. is even though he's hard on you, he's harder on himself. Whereas some people in show yeah. business are just hard on They're you. They're just assholes.
0: But he's yeah. like, oh, no, yeah. look, he's beating the shit yeah. out of himself. he's beating
1: the shit out of himself. Oh, we can't even put this on the air. He'd talk about, you know, he'd watch a tape. I don't know how you do it. Yeah. Do you watch yourself after you Sometimes. do something? Yeah. I can't do it.
0: So I have to he, just to make sure that cuts good. Like with a special, you have to. Because, yeah,
1: with, with a special, yeah. yeah. Um, he he would just pound himself after each show yeah this is horrible this is, uh, I, you can't put that on the air well uh, what else are you gonna put
0: on yeah oh really but yeah but he was how did it end there
1: um uh well you, I, I, God, I didn't get picked up oh yeah so and then i yeah
0: but it's it established you because then it seems like you you've written for a very eclectic bunch of stuff a lot of uh, black dudes and, and also like, uh, cause you wrote for Tracy, you wrote for Chris, you wrote for, um, what other shows? Oh, um,
1: well, I've written for George Lopez. That's right. I, I, no, you know what happened was, okay. So after I left Letterman, it's like, okay, I can't do late night anymore. Yeah. And then Rock, who was, you know. Rock,
0: but somehow or another, you got into the cycle of, of black comics.
1: Because it was so interesting to me. I'd led my whole life as a white person. Right. Yeah. So now... Rock opens up this world to me that I wasn't even aware of. Yeah. I didn't know what fucking hip hop was, yeah, right? Yeah. And then so Rock was great because he loves jokes. Yeah, you'd write these jokes and you'd go, "All right, well let's just nice try. It's not a. It, it, it's a. Let's make this a Lil Kim joke." Yeah. So because our world wasn't the world that every other late night show was. Uh, um, so this
0: is you were there with Squar and Louis C.K. Oh, an and Agna.
1: And Agna and Wanda and yeah. Ali, Leroy. Ali LeRoy I mean Leroy, Frank yeah. Sebastiano, yeah. Nick DePaolo. Yeah, I mean it what was eclectic,
0: eclectic crew. Eclectic.
1: That's what Chris liked, and great writers. And the Letterman writers were unbelievable. Was CK the head writer? No, no, Louis. Louis uh, you know, Louis kind of came and went on his own. Yeah, you know, uh, I was the head writer. Okay, and uh, and then and then Ali did was like the sketch guy i was the monologue um agna i came up with Rubble. agna what an oddball! Uh, what a and what a, he's in thailand i know now. he's a great guy stay in touch with tom is he all right yeah he's great okay he's got he's got a, he's got a kid yeah. um you know it, tom is you know tom he's yeah. he's in it he's in his own head that, what the and, joke
0: he used to do about like you know i saw a belt that would cost three hundred dollars <laughs> He says, if I bought a $300 belt, that's pretty much the whole outfit. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, he was,
1: Agna was hilarious and a great writer too, yeah. a really good writer. Yeah. And um, that was an amazing staff. Yeah. And then it, it opened my eyes to, oh, well, I don't just have to write for, and I don't want to sound racist or yeah. whatever. I don't want to just write for white people. I want to experience a uh, different cultures. So yeah. I wrote for Ellen. Yeah. I wrote for Ellen. That was Uh, You know, everyone's pounding on Ellen now. I I don't want to do that. I don't want to pile on her. But she was so much fun to write for. Ellen has her own voice. And I wrote on one of her sitcoms, and I also wrote on the Emmys, Academy Awards. It's a
0: specific weird thing that I think she developed in San Francisco. It's sort of a, like, because, like, I used to, early on, I used to think, like, you know, her and Johansson have this right?
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Kind of this odd stream of consciousness, right? And then you get to, so you get to write for Ellen it's not like anybody else. right? I used to, I used to love it and I'd time it. And I, this is my theory is that she drank Chardonnay at night. Yeah. So I'd wait until I thought she pro- had a, her second Chardonnay <laughs> and that's when I'd send her my jokes and yeah. I'd get these great emails back about yeah. how she loved them. And, and, and so I had, I had a very positive experience with Ellen, even though she could be hard, right? Right. But how many of these people aren't? Rock is really the only one. George Lopez wasn't hard. Yeah. I got to write for Lopez on his sitcom. But you wrote her, him. like
0: you wrote like hundred episodes of that thing,
1: uh, and we didn't make it. Oh, it, it was this weird ten ninety thing.
0: Oh, that's right. So you just came and we, in right under. We just under did it. the ten.
2: Oh,
1: yeah, we did the ten because a certain number. It was based on uh, Tyler um, uh, Tyler Perry. Yeah, that you'd make ten episodes, no pilot. Yeah, and you had to get a certain uh,
0: rating. And then, you, and, and then, if, if you, you did, got the rating, you get the back ninety kicked in. Right, it was syndicated. So, oh, yeah, so that was pretty no. It was, it was
1: for it was for FX and, oh. and ours, and then Martin Lawrence and Kelsey Grammer had one yeah. together, yeah. and neither one made it. It yeah. was the wrong network. Charlie FX. Sheen's made it. Charlie Sheen made it. That yeah. was the I think that was the only one.
0: Yeah, that wasn't that long ago. I thought you wrote on his original show. I didn't, oh. and
1: and but I've worked with I've George and I used to play golf as yeah. as you know road comics together, yeah. and. Uh, I just love George. George is another guy. He's another guy
0: that has like a a, a, a very sort of unique and menacing voice as a comic. Oh, he does. He's yeah. got a
1: he's got a deep voice, but God, he's but like, I mean,
0: it's like just he's like a killer man.
1: Oh, he's a, you watch him take that stage. He's another guy just doesn't yeah. take hostages. Yeah. He he uh, and he's funny and yeah. he's smart. And he's a really good guy, and um, but I've, I was, have, I've had the good fortune of working with him a lot. Um, you did Larry Wilmore's show. I did Larry. I did that. That was a, a Showtime thing, but I think it led to him getting— Did uh, you meet him the, at, at Rock? Larry Wilmore. No. I, how did I know Larry? I don't even know how I knew Larry. I think we did stand-up together. Oh, and South Wayne White.
0: Brady was just in here? Oh, Wayne was. Yeah, yeah. I did.
1: That was a a thing, part of a Brillstein Gray uh, overall that I had, and they assigned me to that show.
0: And you were on The Daily Show before John?
1: No. I was with John uh, briefly um, after Chris Rock, but I moved to L.A. Yeah. And to be honest with you— I just didn't find the Daily Show interesting. Yeah, I didn't. It was too. Yeah, you, you don't got to tell me. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't find it interesting. It yeah. was. It was. Um, uh, after working on Rock, yeah, it just never was my thing. Yeah. I just thought, like, okay, you take a joke, and nothing. A lot of people loved it. It yeah. just after Rock and Letterman,
2: right?
0: The bar
1: was just high, so and, high and different. It was just different. Those shows were so exciting for me.
0: Yeah. And what, what do you do for Ali G? I was a writer and producer. So, oh, but my God, but that seems like a completely different world. Is that guy looking for jokes?
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It's so brilliant. Yeah. Oh, you talk about someone who's hard to work for. Yeah. He's here. He is in the eye of the storm. Every time he does those interviews, yeah. people think he's real. That yeah. character is yeah. real. Whatever character it is. Right. But you get him out of that environment,
2: yeah, and
1: it's like he's crazy. Yeah. And you're going. You can handle this, but you can't handle checking into a, a hotel.
2: Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah.
1: But he's no one. You talk about being innovative. Yeah, no one had ever done anything no, like that before. It's crazy, and it was so so much fun. Yeah, but also awful because a lot of the you know I liked Ali G the character because he. Would mm-hmm. take down people with power. Yeah, but Borat kind of preyed on rubes. Yeah, you know, you yeah. get fifty bucks, and then yeah. they'd stand there and right. <laughs> that, <laughs> be made that's a where fool. you drew the line. Well, I, I mean, I did it on the Daily Show too, and it's like I don't like to. And and even on TV Nation, we did that a yeah. few times, where you you take down some guy in Alabama who's dim-witted and yeah. has no idea what's happening to yeah. him. That he's going to be on national television. You <laughs> felt bad for him. I felt horrible, but I didn't have the balls to walk away from it. Yeah. Uh, I still wanted my check. Sure.
0: Yeah. Now, when when, when did you go to Australia? Because we were talking yeah. to Ronnie Chang the other day. He's like, oh, Stilson was a major influence kind of thing. I saw
1: Ronnie Chang when he first started out.
0: He's and solid dude. He's he's good.
1: funny as hell. Yeah. And he did it was when he first started out, he was like in this, Melbourne. He in Melbourne. Yeah. He was like this Asian Fonzie. Yeah. You know, it was the opposite of the stereotype. He'd come out and he'd challenged the audience. And and it was just like brilliant and funny and a great guy. And uh yeah, I felt, you know, my friend Glenn Robbins, who is a TV star in Australia or a um a comedy star there. Yeah saw him first and we yeah. used to do shows together uh-huh. and um anyway so yeah i was there uh my wa- my ex-wife uh, uh is australian and we went to um <laughs> live there because her family was there what, what and years was this 2006 I mean, to 2013
0: so you're there man
1: seven years and I did stand-up there, which was fun, and I worked on some TV shows there, but I also would do shows, American shows. I worked on it with Seinfeld on The Marriage Ref, which was the yeah. ill-fated sign, the only ill-fated Seinfeld show, but Jerry was really good to me, and I had fun on that show. And I could, I could
0: come back... I didn't completely... Uh, but you must have done a lot of stand-up, more than you had been in a long time when yeah. you went to Australia.
1: And but it was with these two guys, Glenn uh, Glenn Robbins yeah. and Mick Malloy, hilarious guys, by the way, who have high profiles in Australia. And I had a little bit of a profile from doing this one TV show there, but I was basically riding on, on their coattails and we go to theaters and I got to see all of Australia, these great old historic theaters. But you're back in the saddle with the I mean, back in the saddle, I loved it. And I've never been completely out of the saddle. Like I've been opening for Lewis now the last five years and and he lets me do- How's he doing? He's doing great. Good. And, uh, and he's hilarious by the way. And, uh, I mean, you talk about a pro yeah he did after the pandemic we didn't do shows for 500 days
2: yeah
1: he came out with a a brand new hour yeah and he just did it yeah and the only other person i've seen do that is rock on this tour yeah the first week he went back out i went with him and uh I couldn't believe it. What, the polish? Punch-up? Whatever. He just likes having comics around him. But yeah, you pitch jokes, you pitch ideas. He wants to hear what you think of bits. And um, he, the first night, he hadn't done a full hour or whatever in five years or whatever. The first night, he does 55 minutes of all new stuff. Who,
2: Chris? Chris. Yeah.
1: And then the next night, he's over an hour, never goes under an hour again. And it's like, who in the fuck can do that? If I do, you know, if I do five new minutes in a night... I'm, I'm pretty happy. Yeah. I'm really happy. Yeah. Here's a guy who does that, and the only two people I've seen do that are- Lewis. Are Lewis and Rock.
0: So when you do these award shows, which you've done a lot of- Yeah. You just get a call, and it's a room full of joke writers.
1: Can be. Um, yeah, sometimes it's that. I mean, look, there are two ways to write on award shows. I love them, by the way, because yeah. it, you know, we grew up with yeah. comedy variety, right? Yeah. Uh, Flip Wilson, Absolutely. Sonny and Cher, Johnny Cash. Tony Orlando. All that. Show.
0: Well, Tony, Tony Orlando and Don. Yeah.
1: And, uh, so when I first started doing them, you had these producers like Don Misher. Did you ever do anything for Misher? No. It's no. like a pro. Yeah. He did, he did the Super Bowl show. He does all, he's just like unbelievable yeah. professional. Yeah. And I loved it because there are all these different elements, but you can either be the host writer You know, like when Rock did the Academy Awards, I wrote for him. Yeah. Um, I I did when Ellen did, I wrote for her. The host gets his or her own writers, and then you can be the show writer. Right. Which is just where you're writing for presenters and all that stuff. Right. Um, So it's. And don't you
0: also have like just sort of this. You know, this uh, this grab bag of jokes that, you know, you could pitch to any presenter almost.
1: You, you try to tailor. you know, it's interesting when you when you're writing for presenters, you, you, they usually come in with an idea and you try to. Yeah, sure. You know, you pitch ideas Honor their, on that. their persona. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, and
0: sometimes you come up with just. Stuff. I think I'm more thinking about the roast. With roast, it's sort of like you just make all these fucking roast jokes. Right. Yeah, roast jokes, and it's are sort fun. of like, who wants this one? Yes, you know, yeah. roast jokes are fun. Yeah,
1: and um, uh, but yeah, the, the, I I like those, and yeah, are they the best? I mean, especially now, it's just a dying animal.
0: Movie star culture is different. It is. You know, when we were younger, you know, there was everything was smaller. So like, you know, you got used to Jack sitting up front, you know, some of the old people were still alive. Now I don't know who half the people are just yeah. by virtue of the business is so expansive and you don't get to see everything. Everything's different. And there's so, no
1: mystery, you know? Right. There's no mystery no, yeah. and
0: there's and we don't hang the same thing we used to on movie stars. Yeah. I mean, like when Jack start, stopped showing up, it was a drag, man.
1: You know, like- I know. I mean, it is. You're you're absolutely right. There's there's still I don't know a few. I mean, I guess Clint's kind of gone now. I haven't seen him for a while, but there's still now we've got De Niro. It's hard to believe, right?
2: Yeah,
0: the, he's De, the old De Niro guy?
1: is is old.
0: Yeah, and but he's yeah yeah he seems to be he seems to have gotten uh, funnier and more willing to fool around than oh he my used God. to. Yeah yeah. So what did you do for Stewart's, uh Kennedy Center thing?
1: Oh, the Mark Twain yeah. Prize. So you just you help the people who are giving the tributes with with their speeches oh, okay. or whatever you want to call them. And um, so the week
0: before, you you, you say you you meet with them like as, like almost as a producer.
1: You, you kind of yeah, call you, them up. You, you and, hear them. Some of them just want you to write it for them, right? Yeah. And you give them you basically give them a draft of yeah. what you think, and then you let them play with it, right? Um, others, you know they come in and then ask you what you think right um but it's basically that and then on they need so, laughs they're looking for they, laughs they're looking for laughs sure right i mean i've worked on it's the what american humor yeah not, yeah i think yeah this year it's on cnn by the way uh-huh so it's and it's adam sandler
0: yeah so
1: uh, and so I'm it's workin- going to be
0: spade and you know I'm and rock. Working, I'm and, working on that one too. Yeah, who's on? And who that's it? on
1: CNN. So uh, yeah, rock. All of his all yeah. his buddies. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Bashami. Yeah. Um, and uh, those are fun to write on. I mean, I, because. Look, at, I'm old, and I enjoy seeing all these people. I've crossed paths. Sure, with. it's just it's like the best still alive. It is the, kind it's of thing. the best, yeah. right? You know, like to, just to say hi. Yeah, if that's it. Exactly. Like, like you, I, you did a lot of appearances on Conan. Yeah, right. How yeah. many do you think you did on Conan? Fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Conan's on this. Yeah, and I got to talk to him, and I, I did, I only did a few. I did four Conans back in the day. Yeah, and. I got a great Conan story, by the way. He's such a good guy. What? Uh, oh, it's, um. well, when Drake died, yeah, right? Yeah. He had four kids, and and yeah. and uh and he was going to take them to the Basketball Hall of Fame. And I'm, I've am always been tight yeah. with Drake. So I didn't know what to do, you know? I knew yeah. these kids from the time they were born. I don't know how to deal with this.
0: So they're young, too, when he dies, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think... Yeah, they were young. Yeah. They were, uh, Rudy was older, but everyone else is younger. From that first marriage, or he had a kid For, he had one from out. the first marriage, and then three from yeah from second uh, M- M- Marnie, a beautiful woman, great yeah. woman. I'm yeah. still really tight with her oh, and good. the family. So I go, all right, I'll, I'll I'll take him to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, which is where in Massachusetts, the Basketball Hall of Fame. It's not Boston. it's close. No. Yeah. So, but then we decide. Well, why don't we? They love basketball. Why yeah. don't we go to um, some basketball arenas yeah. too? Yeah, and 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 then we got to figure out stuff to do during the day. You went to the, the garden. And the game stuff? went to the garden. Went yeah. to went to Philly. Yeah, DC. Uh, the Garden. Yeah, um, the Boston Garden. Um, Madison Square Garden. Yeah, and where the Nets used to play. Yeah. So, but then you had to figure out stuff to do during sure, the day. Sure. So we get to New York, and. Uh, I go, well, I know guys at Conan. I'll yeah. take them to a TV taping. Yeah. Rudy loves Conan. Yeah. Conan is Rudy's idol. Yeah. So I, you know, Mike Sweeney sets sure. it up for me. sure. Great guy. Yeah. And we go and hang out in the office. Yeah. During, before the show. Yeah. But I don't expect to see Conan. Right. I just want to show him the writers and how a TV yeah. show works. Yeah. And I'm talking to Sweeney and Conan walks into the room. Yeah. And I got these kids there. And he just starts being funny.
2: Yeah.
1: And Rudy's just in heaven, right? Yeah. Because this is his idol. Yeah. And Conan doesn't know about the circumstances. He doesn't know, even though I think, I don't know if Drake ever did a Conan or not. I don't think he did. I don't
0: think he, I think he was dead before. Yeah. That. Yeah.
1: And uh, so he's just being a good guy, entertaining these kids. And then at the end of it, he goes, he looks at Rudy and he goes, hey, you want to come to the show tonight?
2: Yeah. Rudy
1: goes, yeah. <laughs> and so he arranges for us to be backstage. Yeah. And then right in the wings, Conan comes off stage. The first thing he does is ask Rudy, what'd you think? Yeah. And then Rudy goes, well, I really like this. And he goes, yeah, I think I could have done this. But he has he has this like normal conversation with Rudy. Yeah. Unlike, <laughs> you know, Letterman would come off stage and go uh, what'd you think? And then, you know, Rudy would go, I think it's great. And I to go, well, I think it sucks. And then mm. walk off. Right. Right. Conan has this great conversation with Rudy. Yeah. About the comedy. Yeah. And then, you know, th- they bond and it's like this cool thing. Conan still doesn't know why we're there. Right. That it was, you know, <laughs> their dad, uh, uh, was a comic, was a comic and committed died. Committed suicide. Yeah. Committed suicide. So afterward, uh, You know, we leave and that becomes, forget about the Basketball Hall of Fame. That's the highlight (laughs) of this trip is Conan just, I mean, Rudy was in heaven and I was in heaven and the kids, I mean, the kids were younger. They didn't know who Conan was, but it was, it was cool. Yeah. And, you know, years later, I used to go to Tracy's appearances on Conan. Yeah. I would help, whatever. Yeah. And uh, I told Conan that. And I said, "You, you don't know what, what, a, what a what a nice guy you are." And then I explained that to him. He goes, "Well, I try to do nice stuff." And he goes, "But you, you didn't know. You were just being nice." <laughs> he genuinely at the time he genuinely wanted approval from the
0: kids. Exactly. He just like here's some people.
1: I'll make them laugh. And he was really funny in a yeah. conference
0: room. Sure. So,
1: anyway, that was like... That's a
0: sweet story. Isn't that that amazing? A nice thing.
1: Yeah. So, you know, yeah, Conan, I'll always... uh, I've always found Conan really funny.
0: So, what are you working on now, man?
1: I am... Well, Lewis and I are going to go back out on the road. And by the way, that's still... I think when you're a comic, you... uh, That's a stand-up. That's what you you feel most comfortable doing. Yeah. So, we're going to go back out on the road next month. Um, and then I'm doing this Mark Twain. In the meantime, I'm doing the Mark Twain prize. With Adam? With, um, uh, for Adam. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, I'm also uh, writing on this, it's called The Show Before the Show on Netflix. Yeah. It, it airs right before Rock's Lives concert.
0: So, okay. yeah. So that's a one off?
1: It's a, it's a one off, yeah. And then, and that's, and we'll see what happens with that. And uh, and then, but I'm slowly. You can feel yourself at a certain point. You know, there are no press conferences where you yeah. announce your retirement from show business. Yeah, you're just kind of slowly ushered to the door. Yeah, yeah, by and yourself
0: I, though. You're the one who's ushering. Well,
1: you. no, I think you know. At, after a while in show business, when you're our age, unless you've done what you've done and innovated and created your own thing, you're you become. The people that you work with look at you as if you're a docent in a museum. Yeah. It's that kind of like, oh, he used to do some back in the day. And now he talks about it. Yeah. You know, that's But it's you're like. still
0: doing something.
1: I'm still doing something. I love it. I'll always write. I'll always try to do stand up. But yeah. I remember when I was in my thirties and forties and I'd see someone my age, and yeah. I'd just think, oh yeah, what is that? Yeah, yeah. Old just be nice dickhead. to him. Yeah. yeah. Be nice to
0: him. <laughs> you know, talk about his kids because they're, yeah, uh, yeah. they're about my age. Well, yeah. No, but I don't think that's quite happening. You still you still seem to be a yeah, you
1: You just feel yourself kind of living from gig to gig. I'm uh, you know, but you're not it, desperate. I
0: mean, you know, you, you, right? No, it can't be why, why I no, mean, but I mean, I've, I've you had saved some it. bread, you're not a dumb, dumb no, no, no.
1: I'm not, no, yeah. I, I, uh, I've done it. Look, I never expected it. when I was in my 40s, yeah. by the way, yeah, I expected this thing to fizzle out, and so now. I'm into my sixties and I feel like, well, if it, when it dies, it dies. And yeah, I've had a great run. I've had a, I'm, I I don't know if you've ever seen the Ed Bradley interview with with,
0: Bob Dylan. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that brilliant? It's the best. Isn't it? it, Where he says, I I did it once. Yes. Yeah. That's, I just, that's the
1: greatest thing ever. Like, aren't you sad that you can't write that song anymore? He goes, no, I I feel blessed that I was able to write it the first time. It's like, that's the right attitude yeah i, I love that whole yeah. dylan interview oh, it's the By the way, the
0: idea of that like what i'm the one who did it yeah
1: he, he was just he's just but dylan's always been that way he's always it's so easy to get caught up in the show business bullshit yeah. dylan never did he always thought it was a big joke yeah he never thought he was a singing prophet yeah because he he he, i uh, like the right songs he's a prankster that yeah guy. i, I love he is a prankster
2: yeah totally. I,
1: I love dylan yeah well
0: it was great talking to you buddy
1: Oh, it was fantastic. Thank you. And, and uh, I hope I didn't blab too much. No, this is, well, right. that's sort
0: of what drives this thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the non-blabbers I, uh, no. that I have a problem I, with.
1: I, I can talk about comedy forever. I Me too. I just love it, man. Well, it's, we're blessed to do it. Could you see yourself doing anything else no. other than comedy?
0: No, it was, you know, you, either, you're, you know, you're, you're one of those guys that there is no other choice.
1: Yeah. I didn't. And and
0: when things got dark and I was on my way down the fucking drain after that second divorce and before I started this, like, there wasn't some sort of, like, I could always go do this. There was nothing else. Because you get to a certain point in life where you're like, what else am I going to do? I'm not prepared to do anything else. Did you
1: ever have a moment, though, when you, okay, I had one moment, and I want to hear if you had this, in Kansas City. I had to do a show. I was yeah. just new in the game. Yeah. Had to do a show in front of, I think it was eight people. The oh, club yeah. owner sure. make, made us go on. Sure. It was horrible. Yeah. It's a place called uh, Stanford and uh-huh. so. And I went home in this kind of, at least I had a hotel room. It right. wasn't a comedy condo. But I remember looking myself in the mirror. Yeah. And I mean looking in a mirror and asking, is this what you want to do? <laughs> Can you do this again? Can you get on stage tomorrow night and uh, do this? And yeah. then I... I woke up and decided I could, and then, you know, I didn't have a moment like that again. That was my moment where I had to decide, okay, do you continue on or not? Did you ever have
0: one of those early on? Early on, I I just was so hard on myself and so compulsive and so hung up on, you know, just, you know, overcoming the fear enough to do it. Like, I don't even know what was driving me. But how do we do it now? I don't know, but I, I I can never answer that. But back then, you know, I'm doing one-nighters in Boston, and I'm an angry Jewish guy who's heady, and I can't talk about anything casually, and I'm yelling at people as an opening act I'm in the middle of a disco floor with a microphone. And I'm like, so I don't know who that fucking kid was or what it was, but I wasn't really thinking, like, is this the right job for me?
1: Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Uh, or I, I, It always came down
0: to the question of, okay, do I have the courage to do this? Well, for me, it just became like, why the fuck can't I be that the other the guy who's making it? Oh, you know, good yeah. for you! I never had that attitude. Oh, I no. never
1: felt that I deserved it. I always,
0: I just I don't kinda, know if I felt like I deserved yeah. it, but I knew I felt I, resentment towards people who uh, were getting it. Yeah. I couldn't understand N- yeah, why I, I
1: couldn't. I just was. I don't know. I I uh, I was always just, uh, you know, if you ever think about it too much, you're standing up in front of people, and. Making them strangers yeah. laugh. I, but, but, but
0: I don't. I the more what I think about more is like who the fuck would go to these places? <laughs> right. No, I think that too. I don't. <laughs> like when you see <laughs> when you're in an audience full of eight people, like yeah. how could you st- still sit there? Yeah. Like because I used to see that all the time when you're yeah. starting out. Like there's 12 people in the room. I would walk into that club and be like, what? What? We don't have to go to this show. There's nobody yeah, I know, here. No. I know. I know.
1: I know. Do you? Okay. Do you like? Your friends and family coming to see you? I,
0: I know my my, my 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 over time. My dad gets a real kick out of it. That's so, great.
1: Yeah, I, I don't I don't like. I used any, to hate I, it. I, I wouldn't like let be, other comics
0: in the room. I would yeah, perform at yeah. the cellar. And if a tell was sitting there, I'm like, "Could you just get out? I'm trying to do something. I can't worry about whether you're going to like me or not. You know, I like my jokes. Yeah, me too. I you don't want that. Out. I don't want that.
1: Uh, the, something that's happened over the last few years, which I'm very happy about, is now. I I feel blessed that I get to make people laugh. It's it's not a survival thing for me right. anymore. No, it's I'm like just, I love that these people that we're all having a good time together.
0: I've grown like after this last special, which is heavy in places, and and it's behind me now because it's out there and it's doing okay. Like now, I'm like there's something I'm enjoying about just f- you know playing with my point of view and to see if I can you know you know talk about not-so-menacing things and and just sort of, like, I'm just back in the process. Within days of, you know, shooting the special, yeah, I didn't take any time off. I'm like, I've still got 30 minutes that I didn't put in there. Maybe we can start building that out, you know, and, like, I've just been, yes, I've been a little lighthearted about it, which is new and it's you know it's 40 years in so but is
1: that's the frustrating thing about being an older writer is yeah. you know you can still outright these motherfuckers but you you're you're perceived as being you know you're used by date having passed but i, I find in stand up i i have more things i want to try than yeah, ever before
0: me too yeah like i like wait because there's like certain things like i very consciously you know i'm like i need to Uh, Embrace my physical my physical comedy more, and I think in this special, you know, it's there. Where like you know, there is a way to deliberately do physical timing. Some guys are just natural. You know, look at Kevin James or somebody. Like he just you know. know. So like you're like, what the? How do you do that? But like I know I must have it in me. I have timing. So like I was very sort of intentional about playing with physical timing, and now like I'm like I've I there's part of me that wants to just do a a whole clean hour uh, of mundane shit like my version of Seinfeld in a way.
1: Oh, that's great. No, I I think try everything. That's my you new know?
0: thing like it's like can I cuz like you know I love Nate Bargatze and you know he's a guy yeah. used to open for me and he's truly funny. Not a filth word in it yep. and nothing, you know he's not provocative in a political way or any other way. Like he's not pushing envelopes, but he's so funny. It's like and I've like I'm I'm not lazy. You know, but I'm dirty sometimes, and I, you know, I, I, I push buttons. Like, is there, a, is there a version of me that can just do a kind of pleasant, clean hour?
1: Well, when we started out, I mean, I was clean when we started out because my whole objective was to do something on yeah. the Tonight Show or Letterman. But I was then, never really
0: clean. I had to clean uh, up all the time.
1: Well, I, I, I did just because Larry Miller once asked me, said, "Well, you know." That joke now. Yeah. That joke needs the word fuck to get a laugh. Now, right. You have to ask yourself: Do you want the word fuck to get the laugh? Right. And I, and it made sense to me. But then at a certain point, I realized people are paying money to see you live. Why give them something that they can see on TV? Yeah. So um, I get it. But and but there is an audience out there that wants to be entertained and not doesn't want to hear curse words. Yeah. I get I get that too. But. Um, you know, the reality is, I think people come out and they want a little something, a little special. And I could, sure. by the way, I could, I could. I find that a
0: lot of times when they want that special thing, I'll try to disappoint them Right. You know, <laughs> aggressively. Right,
1: right. Well, that's 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 the side of a comic that we all have. You know, I mean, make, there are a few out there. Make like, them, make them pay. I remember yeah. Vince Champ. He wasn't that way at oh, all.
0: Oh, Jim Vince. He's yeah. still in, he's in prison. Oh,
1: no, he's in prison. Yeah, he's but he was he rapist. was the nicest. I know he dude. was the nicest guy he had on like, stage
0: ever. Group he had like yeah. prop glasses and stuff. Yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe it's the, not, his dark side would have been better if he just disappointed audiences. Right, occasionally, exactly. As opposed to rape Let women it out in, there in studios, Yeah, uh, oh, colleges. holy shit. Uh, well, weird place to end, but. Yeah, sorry, I shouldn't, yeah. Yeah, no, it's always the the, the Vince Champ tag. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, good to talk to you, man. Mark, thank you. Right? That was solid. Solid. Uh, Jeff has nothing to plug, but uh, I, I love talking to the guy. Great guy. Hey, I forgot to tell you at the top, I watched some weird movie on Criterion with Ben Gazzara called The Strange One. It's sort of this character study of... Machiavellian Narcissistic Personality Disorder. And he looks... It's Ben Gazzara's first movie. And he looks insanely uh, a lot like Ron DeSantis. It's its called The Strange One. It's on Criterion right now. It's a weird little movie. I recommend it highly. Um, all right, hang out for a minute. Hey, Succession fans, if you're going through some withdrawal, you can listen to me and Brendan talk about the series finale and a lot more Succession stuff on this week's bonus episode for full Marin subscribers. When this episode starts, there's been some problem with this guy, Ravenhead, at the News Network, who's like the Tucker Carlson clone. Right, right. They're talking about how there's these, you know, fascists rallying around this guy. And, uh, you know, Shiv is questioning it. I, Tom, it's a great quote here. He's like... <laughs> Now he's grown up now, he lives in Connecticut. He's crazy about the Knicks. He's a lovely guy and and he skews younger <laughs> 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 and there's that other great line when he's grilling or or interviewing or trying to uh you know figure out what's really going on with that newscaster or whatever he is, that personality. And the guy reels off all the deaths that happened in World War II, the yes. millions of Russians. Seven million Germans, 20 million Russians, five million Poles. <laughs> and then and then Tom goes, I, aren't you missing a few? What did he say? He like, says, just checking two? the till here, Mark, but uh, it <laughs> seems you're short a few million. <laughs> <laughs> Sign up for the full Marin to get new bonus episodes every week and every episode of WTF ad-free. Click on the link in the episode description or go to WTFpod.com and click on WTF+. Plus to sign up next week. I talked to Rami Youssef on Monday and comedian Felicia Michaels on Thursday. Uh, Here's some, uh, some muddy rhythm for you. And I don't mean muddy by muddy waters. I mean, muddy by muddy. and the fond of cat angels everywhere.